Hello. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. I'm Susie Parker Goins. I'm a channel, energy healer, past life explorer, guide. Links are in the description box for my podcasts, financial support, and contact information. But the best way to get a hold of me is through email at susiepgoins at gmail.com. I upload on Mondays and Thursdays, so please like, comment, subscribe, favorite, share with your friends. Thanks for your support. Okay, in a recent online event, there was a question that was asked, and another practitioner blurted, Susie does soul retrieval. I'm sure the recording shows my face going all, I do. (laughs) And I probably said something to that effect also. So, the result is today's podcast. I want to talk about the concepts of soul, soul loss, and soul retrieval. Well, first off, what's a soul? You hear the word soul and may think, ah, music, or religion, philosophy, maybe even neuroscience. Many ancient cultures thought that the soul was part of the person. Some, like Egypt and China, they thought that there were two parts of the soul, and there were other cultures that didn't separate it into parts. It appears that a lot of cultures and philosophers saw the soul as a part of the body, whether it was made up of breath or atoms or as part of the divine. Spirituality sees the soul as your connection with source, something to take care of. It survives the physical existence and joins back up with divine at death until it's ready to reincarnate. And neuroscience sees it more like the mind rather than spirit. And for the sake of this podcast, I'm defining the soul as being the essence of who you are, that which survives from one life to the next. I see it as part of the divine or universe or source. Okay, what is soul loss? Well, soul loss is not about losing the whole thing. But it is what can happen when one goes through trauma. It's like a splintering of the soul, which, you know, the process that serves as a survival mechanism. So what causes it? Soul loss? Well, in a word, trauma. I know that takes in a lot of ground, so I'll be more specific. Abuse of any kind. I'm talking about sexual, emotional, physical, mental, you know, a trauma and abuse that can happen as a child or as an adult, even bullying. I just read a piece by a Canadian ice skater in which he talks about the bullying he went through as a kid. He would hide in the bathroom between classes and then shave off bits of his personality to be more like what other people thought he should be. Okay. And, and spoiler, he is so much better and happier now that he is his true self. Uh, there's also rejection or abandonment, and that ties into abuse too. And a person changes who they are when they are so intensely affected. They try to do anything they can to not be the cause or the object of rejection, abuse, or abandonment. Just like our our young ice skater. Uh, More is um, pain, and that's whether it's the result of abuse or chronic pain stemming from illness. 
which also means that illness itself, whether it's chronic or severe, that can fracture a soul. Even the treatment of an illness, surgery or a prolonged complex treatment, that can cause soul loss. A severe accident, which can also tie into pain and treatment component. Near-death experiences, uh, prolonged grief. I mean, what if somebody close to you dies unexpectedly and suddenly, or even you knew about it? I understand it does take time to process grief, sometimes longer than others. And not to put a deadline on grieving, but there are instances when it goes so deeply and so long that it can cause soul loss. Huh. Now that I think on it, my dad must have suffered a must have lost a chunk of his soul when my mom died. He grieved her for over 40 years, I mean, until he died. And that was even after he devolved into dementia. Hmm. Okay. Um, addictions. Soul loss is tied in with that. I mean, that's any kind of addiction, whether we're talking drugs, sex, gambling, working, or shopping. Not only can they cause soul loss, but they're also considered, these addictions, addictions in general are considered symptoms of soul loss, which leads so nicely into the next section. What are other symptoms of soul loss? And as I've already talked, said that there's a lot of crossover here. Some of the causes of soul loss can also be symptoms of soul loss. And a practitioner worth their salt would ask to go as deep as possible into the soul to find that port of point of origin and yet you as a client can consent to it or not. And that's another thing. But um, I think that that point of origin, it can happen not in this life, but it could have also had a place in a previous life. Uh, depression is a symptom. I, I have no doubt that this would be the result of soul loss. Clients who are dealing with depression have experienced incredible trauma. And I can understand how setting aside a bit of your soul could help remove or help with the pain, if only for a little bit. Uh, let's see, post-traumatic post stress disorder or PTSD. It's the same thing. It's it happens every 4th of July that you get reminders that there are veterans and others who are going through hell during the fireworks. A veteran having experienced war action, well, yeah, I call that trauma. And yeah, I can see how setting aside a part of your soul can help you get through it. Uh, another thing is, um, if you see... if you hear that someone says they don't feel complete. I feel that that's actually putting into words what soul loss and putting aside that, that little chunk fragment of your soul aside, they're actually verbalizing it because your soul is in fact incomplete. Addictions are a means of using external stimuli to fill in these gaps and it becomes a vicious cycle and it turns out, you know, you, you experience a soul loss, you use the addictions to kind of fill in the gaps, which causes more trauma, 
more soul loss, more, and, and that's a vicious cycle there. Uh, as, as the body is a reflection of the soul, let's consider chronic illness as a symptom. While I'm not a doctor, nor have I ever played one on TV, I am not one to diagnose anything. But again, if we look for that point of origin, there is a good chance that the soul loss started, had to have a point of origin with, with a trauma. And that causes the chronic illness. That's, I think, huh, I don't, I don't see that as a vicious cycle that addiction is, but it's still, you know, you have a trauma and then your body reacts. Another symptom is you're having difficulty staying in the present or staying in your body. Um, uh, let me say that again. Another symptom is having difficulty staying present in your body or anxiety. I can see that if you're not comfortable being in body or you experience severe anxiety, it could manifest as self-harm or suicidal thoughts. You know, look closely. Um, yeah, there's a good, good chance that there's some soul loss that's causing that. Now, other sources have indicated that being in abusive relationships is a symptom of soul loss, and I couldn't find much explanation as to why. But going along with the other information I've given you, let's, let's follow a path. It's believed that abusers have been victims of some sort of abuse of their own. Now, if that trauma is left untreated, would it follow that the trauma caused by the initial abuse experience would continue further? I mean, I've heard it said several times that victims of abuse have the potential to continue that cycle of abuse, and that results in the abused becoming an abuser. It's a compelling argument to face the trauma so that you can break that cycle. Indeed, um, feeling numb or dead inside or apathetic, that's a symptom. Uh, trauma can lead to a serious disconnect or a lack of engagement in life. I was trying so hard not to put this in the time frame of the current situation, but it makes sense. You know, with what's going on today in 2020, um, I can... I ask you, are you feeling that drained by all of this? So done with being panicked and just completely over it that you disengage from the world? You're trying to do something to not feel that anxiety? Whether it's some sort of addiction or complete hurt, becoming a hermit or just, I don't know. And that's where I can see an addiction to, to information could be. Okay. okay. So I'm not going to be surprised when we discover that there's been all kinds of soul loss that happened during this time. You know, it feels like we lose a little bit of our soul every day. That's to lessen the pain, to cope with all this anxiety and fear. Okay, that makes this a very timely podcast. Okay, shake it off. So... Author Sandra Ingerman, I N G E R M A N, she wrote a book called Soul Retrieval Mending the Fragmented Self. 
And yes, I have it on order. And yes, I will read it when I get it to learn even more. But um, she's quoted as saying, and, and it is a quote, so quote, Anytime someone says, I have never been the same since a certain event, and they don't mean this in a good way, soul loss has probably occurred, unquote. Okay. So, while there isn't any solid way to prevent soul loss from trauma, there is a process, a ritual or an exercise called soul retrieval. Okay, what is it? Soul retrieval is a shamanic process to reintegrate parts of a soul. I, I want to define shaman and shamanism real quickly. So the word shaman originates from the Tungus tribe in Siberia, and it means one who sees in the dark. Shamanism is a spiritual practice in which one is called to work with spirits and in a variety of dimensions. They're often wounded healers, so shamans have traveled through the shadow side and have had their own experiences with shadow work. Um, another, I don't know, another characteristic or trait of a shaman is that they don't just give someone the answer. They don't hand it to you. They will ask questions to encourage and guide one to find their own answers. And many cultures do have people who is considered a shaman or a medicine man or a medicine woman. Shadow work is intense and you face your fears. But a shaman will lead you down the path of healing. You're not alone. In fact, it's often, in some practices, it is the shaman who takes that journey to retrieve what has been lost. So, shamanic techniques and rituals include, but are not limited to, drumming, trance work, chanting, breath work, meditations and visualizations involving altered, conscious, altered consciousness, and it's in a safe and protected environment. Uh, some of my sources said that a practitioner um, should be a shaman and that it should be, let me retract that. I'm gonna start this over. Some practitioners say that a shaman should perform a soul retrieval within three days of the soul loss. But, you know, if it happens under circumstances when the client is a child, and, and one is an adult when the realization is made. All's not lost. It is still possible. I, I don't think there's a statute of limitation on soul loss and retrieval. So, what are your options when you want to bring your soul back together? There's psychotherapy. Uh, I think Jungian and transpersonal. The, those two forms focus on identifying and resolving a trauma. Uh, spending time in nature. So I have a lot of friends who take hikes and have their gardens that are helping them cope with the current day trauma. Uh, you could just walk around or lay down on the ground and it helps move, through, move you through grief and it's very grounding. Automatic writing can reveal a lot of things. 
I talked about that briefly in my Diving Deeper into Past Life podcast. Um, in a nutshell, automatic writing is when you calm yourself and you breathe or achieve some light trance and you connect with source. And then I learned it to use your non-dominant hand and then you write. I got so caught up in my ego saying, I can't write with my non-dominant hand that I have been able to write with my dominant hand. So while the non-dominant hand portion of it helps you shift over and supposed to get you out of your ego, you know, just write and go with it. And then finally, shamanic journeying. Now, when you work with a shaman, you consult with them about what you wish to accomplish, and they provide you with information to help you prepare with, for the experience. And that can include abstaining from uh, mind-altering substances like no alcohol or, or any kind of drug and stuff like that. You set your intention to retrieve a piece of your soul. You breathe, relax, and the, then the shaman makes the journey. And a shaman will use drums, chanting, or whatever it takes for them to achieve that altered state of mind. And then they travel to the, to the shadow side. There they may encounter monsters, demons, or animals, or images put in place by your psyche to protect that bit of the soul. Then it's on the shaman to persuade that soul fragment to return to you. And it's a process that can be done in person or remotely. You two just need to coordinate your time for meeting up. Okay, now this is, that's a very pared down version of the process. But because this is blue lightning healing meditations, I believe that we can achieve some success by using guided visualization. It would be the same process of preparing yourself for the journey, you know, setting your attention, giving yourself time and quiet, and then go. Um, you know, what, why does one need to or want to retrieve their soul fragments? Well, if left unattended, soul loss can leave you open to fall to the symptoms. Remember that abuser cycle and, and the addiction cycle. So you might succumb to whatever addiction or self-harm or, you know, I, I understand that depression can suck the light out of your life. You don't take care of yourself, you cut yourself off from the world, and that spiraling down sucks all the joy out of your life. Trying to piece your soul back together may help you rejoin the world, you know, to, to give a damn about yourself and others, give you perspective about your place and role in the world ground you to see that you are worthy. Your experience is, wor is yours and no one can tell you you didn't live through it. With a more complete soul, you can see the path you've traveled, but also you can see the path in front of you. The past doesn't take all of your attention with soul retrieval. It throws you, it shows you that there is a future. It can give you hope, if only a little, but maybe enough to encourage you to bring back more of yourself each day. It may be hard work to regain, to regain or gain inner peace, that sense of wholeness. 
I understand you are worth that effort. And no matter what you think, the world is better for you being here. Now, to be honest, if this is your first time exploring the shadow side, I recommend you have someone with you. If, if your trauma is so deep, get help. Whether you work with a mental health care professional or a shaman, you know, get, get more information. But more than anything, I want to emphasize that you're not alone. <laughs> okay, not only am I being asked to remind you that you're not alone, but also that you're not weak. You are taking on some serious stuff here and facing your trauma. It's, it calls for strength and courage to take it on and release it. Regaining your soul is serious work, but I know you can do it. You've survived the trauma and you will get through the healing. Monday will be a meditation to start you on the path to reclaiming yourself. I'll be using the Merkaba image as your sacred space. Feel free to email me at suzypgoins at gmail.com if you want to try it before Monday. So blessings to you. Until next time.